Welcome to the Crash the Pond podcast. It is a January 31st edition of the pod. Jake, the first month of 2022 is already in the books. Not yet. Well, it's about to be. Yeah, in certain, there's still, in, there's in, still in, four in, hours left. In much of the world, it's already passed. And by the time that people are listening, it will definitely have passed. So let me ask you this. Have you kept up on your New Year's resolutions? What were my New Year's resolutions again? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really keep track of that for you. Keep track of a lot of things for you, but not that. Uh, I think it was work out more, and I feel like I, I've stayed up with that. So let's go well, There with you that. go. There you go. I'm happy for you. Um, yeah. Before we get into the pod today, I just want to get this out of the way. <laughs> I talked a lot of trash on last week's <laughs> pod. Football-related trash. Made some bold claims. Um, those claims did not materialize. <laughs> and this is me eating crow. I am actually eating crow right now. Would you like to discuss uh, your ratio on Twitter? I, I mean, I, I was, I was poking at Rams fans, and it, they're, they're an easy bunch to poke because they, they haven't really won anything uh, in quite a while. So, got ratioed pretty badly. Received some pretty, uh, pretty mean replies. I, like, I could have been on mean tweets. I, I could have been on mean tweets for sure. Um, yeah, just uh, not a not a fantastic day on Twitter. Not a fantastic sports day. Like, it's been a long time since I've been actually just bummed out after a sporting event, and that was that was one of them. So, I am rocking my Niners hat on the pod today, just to show. Like I said, I am the captain that goes down with the ship. I will triple down if need be. So, yep. And uh, going from uh, going from one place eating crow to another. Should we just jump into the the topic uh, du jour of the day? <laughs> okay, you you you've been re- I mean you've been this has been your life the last twenty four hours basically. I mean, kind of, sort of. It it's more so. It's just you know, um, it just so happened that the Ducks were playing the Red Wings today. Yeah, and uh, turns out Red Wings fans really don't like how much coverage Trevor Zegers is getting. They they and they think that he's just a flippy puck guy. And that's all he does. And where, where did you get that from, by the way? I th- I found I th- it may did have been a comment. It may have been a comment. No, there was a comment on that article, or there was a tweet, or there was something. So here's the thing. Let's just get right into it. The Detroit Red Wings and their fan base are not happy about all the coverage that Trevor Zegers has gotten. And here's the thing. What are what is the what do you think the NHL is going to do when you see these highlight reel plays, like things that we've never seen before? at the NHL level. If if Lucas Raymond or Moritz Sider did those things, do you think Red Wings fans would be writing puff pieces on on blogs complaining about it if if there was a ton of coverage about it? No, they wouldn't. Uh, so today there was an article on the SB Nation blog winging it in Motown. And here's the line. Here's the title. Red Wings fans, let's take the high road. First of all, high road for what? Like, like what? What, did anything happen? Did anything bad happen? Uh, but this is how the article starts, and we'll we'll get through it. Don't worry. This is the first line. <laughs> You're going this deep. Okay, okay. I get it. Watching the NHL bend over backwards to promote Trevor Zegers is frustrating. It's even more frustrating when you realize that the Red Wings rookies lead in just about every statistical category. Zegers sets up one cool goal and scores one, and hockey media trips over itself to fawn over him. They've even gone as far as changing the All-Star Game rules so that Zegers can participate in the skills competition. 
Jake, not the All-Star Game rules, please. Is nothing sacred anymore? Not even the All-Star Game rules? This is a catastrophe. No? <laughs> if, you, if you haven't picked up by now, extreme, extreme, <laughs> sickening levels of sarcasm going on. Uh, so that's how the article starts. Um, I love the I love the follow up though. I'm gonna let you in on a little secret. It's it's like one of those ads. It's like it's like doctors hate him because of this one secret. You know, like that's what that reads. Like I'm gonna let you in on one little secret. The constant coverage isn't going to stop until Zegers stops scoring cool goals. Yeah, almost as if Trevor Zegers is earning the coverage that he's getting. Like, do, do people think that these highlight real goals that he's getting just are, are fluky or, or just things that happened out of the blue that, that he doesn't deserve the, the praise he's getting. So very weird. Um, my favorite thing though, about all of this, you have to, you have to scroll down because first off, there's this weird high road theme to it. And it's like, why can't you just be happy with your rookies? Like they haven't scored yeah. highlight real goals. That's the, why they don't have highlights. It's okay. Like, like we, you will be yeah, fine. They're good. They're good players. They they're may good. win the Calder. Who I mean, knows? you and I did a Patreon this weekend yeah. and, and we compared Zegras, Cider and Raymond statistically. And, you know, we had a pretty good conversation about it. And mm -hmm. I, I said, I think you could make a good case that Cider is the most yeah. deserving I think that Zegers is well ahead of Raymond, though, if you look at their on-ice impact. I mean, R Lucas Raymond is terrible defensively. Like, people complain about Zegers and maybe that the Ducks get scored on when he's on the ice, but he makes up for it offensively, and he still drives play in the other direction. Lucas Raymond is, is a negative defensively. So anyway, here's my favorite part of the article, though, because it's just, like, devoid. It, it's like it doesn't live in reality. Uh, here's what they said. Ducks fans are excited about their rookie and probably feel a little insecure. After all, the Ducks haven't had legitimate success in over a decade. And until Zegras, it looked like things were only going to get worse. Okay, Jake, maybe I have this wrong, but a decade is 10 years, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're in the year of our Lord 2022. So minus 10, that would take us to 2012. So in the last decade, here's what's happened with the Ducks. Five consecutive Pacific Division titles, two conference final berths, one in 2015, one in 2017. And in 2015, they were within a game of making the Stanley Cup final. So let me ask you this. Is that is that not is that illegitimate success? I, guess, I mean, I guess. Does, does that guess. not count? I guess. Doesn't count. Doesn't count, Felix. <laughs> oh, dear. I mean, I put a link up on Twitter for this this quote unquote article, but look, I'm all for the kind of, you know, really opinionated, maybe fan oriented pieces. I'm all for it, you know, but there are just some ridiculous points made in this that are just ahistorical, that, that, that are factually inaccurate. Uh, and so that's why I'm kind of raking it over the coals right now. Your yeah, reaction. The funny thing to me was I read it. And I was like, Oh boy. <laughs> and I was expecting there to maybe be some pushback from people. No. But there were people, the like overall overwhelming response I saw was like, no, I don't want to take the high road. Screw Zegris. <laughs> I kind of respect that more. You know why I respect that more? Because this article is, is like pretending to be high road, but it's really not. It's still slandering him because the implication is still to me that Zegris doesn't deserve the coverage, that he's still just kind yeah. of like flippy puck guy, as you said. Yeah, 
But yeah, it's just I saw that and I was like, oh boy, this today's gonna be a fun one. So I had a little bit of fun on Twitter today. It was a good time. There were some Red Wings fans that got mad. Uh, it happens, and you know we had some fun with it. It reminded yeah. me why. Uh, I've said this a bunch of times, but the Red Wings are really the one fan base that I just can't stand. A lot of it goes back to when the Ducks played the Red Wings so many times in the playoffs, and there was a legitimate rivalry between the two. The The Red Wings swept the Ducks. The Ducks swept the Red Wings. The Ducks beat them on the way to the Cup. The Red Wings uh, beat the Ducks on the way to a Cup Final. There was a lot going on there, and there's a lot of hatred still in me, and I realized that this la- last few days. Hatred. 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 No, I'm just going for it. You know, there's a lot like of Ducks it. fans that, that really just uh, harp on the Predators as being the team they focus on for me i don't care i don't care about the predators that much it is what it is the red wings forever for, will be that for me and this uh this reminded me of that it was a, it was a fun reminder of that let's I go mean, with that how about this let, let, let's do this little thought exercise you know who sounds and feels more inse- more insecure right now it's not the ducks fan base it's the red wings fan base and we're just sitting here laughing <laughs> might that have something to do when's the last time the red wings made the playoffs do I do I pull up the Rolodex here? Is it might be the same as when the last time the Ducks made it, honestly. Uh no. The Ducks made it in 1718, didn't they? So They did. First year of the podcast. That's yeah, that's pretty recent. Uh I think it's the, been the, I mean the, the difference I think it's between, been since 15. Yeah, the difference between the Ducks and the Red Wings is that the the Ducks really held, like had a sharp fall off based yeah. upon their stars declining whereas the Red Wings kind of prolonged it and were able to keep it going as a very low seed in the playoffs. Well, yeah, the Red Wings basically just mediocre their way just to juice their uh, their playoff winning streak or their playoff qualifying streak. Like, that's the funny thing to me is that um, if you'll recall, you know, back in the NBC Sports Network days, there was this whole thing about, oh, you know, the, the Red Wings playoff streak and how amazing it is that this franchise has sustained this level of excellence. You have to go back 20 years for the last time that the Red Wings haven't made the playoffs. It's like, yeah, that I mean, first off, sure, that's impressive. But does that not count as like media coverage or the, you know, the media fawning over the Red Wings? Um, but by the logic of, you know, our good friend Jake Rivard, who wrote this, something about people named Jake. I don't know what it is. Hey, um, he's that... selling the good name. <laughs> I mean, tell that to Jake Rivard. <laughs> tell him he's fucking it up for all the other Jakes. Um, but what I will say is that, like, by his logic, the the Red Wings playoff streak is not legitimate, basically. Yeah. So... I mean, Mathieu chimes in in the, the Twitch chat saying, imagine you have two-thirds of the rookies up for the Calder and still being insecure about yeah, it. Yeah, like, why are they so salty? Yeah. Like, like, I get it. You know, you haven't made the playoffs since. All right, I'm... I'm 2016 is what someone in the Twitch chat saying. Yeah, since 2016. So you're going on six years of not making it. And you've been crap during the, the meantime. So look, but here's the funny thing, though, is that like it's gotten them to this point. They've been able to rebuild. They have an exciting yeah. pool of young players. Like They have a lot to be happy and about. And they have a great GM that's able to kind of uh, maneuver his way into getting picks for different people or from yeah. different people and doing a really good job of building that team. Like, if I were a Red Wings fan right now, if I were to put myself in those shoes, Mm -hmm. I would be just happy. I would be, like, thrilled about the direction of the franchise. Like, they've they've been really patient up to this point. They have two very, very exciting rookies. And, sure, they're not getting on the highlight reels because they just haven't done anything to the... Like, they haven't haven't scooped up a puck behind the net 
flipped it to the front and had it batted out of the air by Sonny Milano. They haven't done that. I'm sorry. Um, and that's why they haven't been in the news as much. But I would still be really happy about where things are at. It wouldn't bother yeah. me because as a hockey fan, I understand why that and by that, well, I mean, it's I, like understand, being, I understand why Zegers is getting the attention. It's like being mad about McDavid getting attention. Yeah. Which yeah. I, I, and there are people that are like that and I just don't get it. Like he's a fantastic player and it's enjoyable and it's great for the game. Mm-hmm. Why would I be mad about that? Right, right, it, it, exactly. And so that's, it's kind of like everyone can be happy here. Like no one has to be mad at each other. Like Zegers's success is not taking anything away from Cider and Raymond and vice versa. Like if Raymond and Cider were going off and you know Zegers wasn't getting as much shine I don't think that we would be sitting here saying that Trevor Zegers is being slighted by the NHL or yeah. something and I think it's just it's laughable to say the only reason why Zegers is getting buzzed or that he's he's gonna win because of the 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 goals that he scored it's like no yeah th- those two he has 32 points this season so those are two of his 30 points well that's the annoying thing about it yeah is that the this this kind of underlying assumption that what Trevor Zegers is doing is not legitimate, that it doesn't count the same as what Lucas Raymond is doing. Never mind the fact that Lucas Raymond has far worse underlying numbers. And than don't even get me Trevor started Zegers. on the plus minus argument or the zone start argument that some people are trying <laughs> to pair it out there. I just want to ask uh, Red Wings fans this. Has Lucas Raymond had to play with a Nick Delorier type player for oh. stretches of time? Does Lucas Raymond get benched at the end of the games? <laughs> Does he never play in the final two minutes of the of a tie game where he could impact the game and score a goal for his team? Yeah, I, I think that Trevor Zegers is like objectively a better player than Lucas Raymond right now. Yeah, and I mean, here's the thing. Lucas Raymond is a year younger, and so it's yeah. possible that Raymond could be better than Zegers was this year. Yes, uh, Zegers, next season. Zegers like, is that, a little further along. Yeah, and that's which fine. is fine. Like, yeah. And the argument of, and I've seen people say, well, Zegers played in the NHL last year. So what? Who cares? He didn't play enough games. He's technically a rookie. It's not as if those 20 games playing on his wrong position, being dicked around by the entire organization, uh, is going to impact him and gave him an upper leg on other people. I mean, Sider played the entire year in the AHL. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it doesn't matter. Like, I just am, it, it. I think those arguments are all kind of flawed and frustrating. I mean, you've been, you've been living this like all day on Twitter. You, you've been spending no, because actually my day on Twitter was more so spent laughing. Okay, that sounds and, like a good day. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I had a great time. Let's just go with that. Okay, so let's jump into the actual games though. Outside well, of the, I just want to say I'm okay. just looking it up right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, this is not good for Red Wings fans. Uh, Lucas Raymond's two most common line mates this season: Dylan Larkin and Tyler Bertuzzi. <laughs> not a uh, not too shabby compared yeah. to. A Nick Deloria type. Um, okay. So, yeah, let's talk about tonight's game, though. So the Ducks finished off their Eastern road trip in Detroit and kind of a hyped-up game in a way just because it's the rookies facing off. And the funny thing is that I don't think that any, at least between Raymond and Zegris, I don't think either had a particularly awesome game tonight. So the Ducks lost, by the way, 2-1 in overtime. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down to, I mean... I think the Ducks have just played really poor in this road trip. Uh, I think if we're going to just yeah. come to an overarching theme, I mean, the last time we recorded, they had just come off that Boston win and where they played a fantastic game yeah. against Boston. Like one of the better games they've played in a while. And they had beaten and, Tampa. 
Yeah. And they'd be in Tampa, had two games of being above 50% expected goals, four percentage. And then they play Toronto, Montreal, Ottawa, and then tonight Detroit. And in all of those games, they just get absolutely destroyed. Yeah, by not and, good teams, by the way. I mean, Toronto was the only good team. And that was a weird game, mm-hmm. honestly, where they kind of got goals, but they got goals out of nowhere. Yeah, but I'm talking nec- about... I'm talking about like Montreal and Ottawa. No, I know. I'm just saying yeah. that Toronto, they, they were able to get their way back in. But the only reason why they ended up getting, I guess they got, uh, what was it? Out of these four games, they got six out of eight points in these four games uh, from mm-hmm. this past week. The only reason for that is John Gibson. John Gibson, I think, is the story of this Ducks team as of right now. Yep. Because this team has reverted back to their five-on-five play from the last couple seasons. And I think part of it is um, a systematic uh, issue where and some of it is line deployment issues that are that are coming into play and i think it kind of really shows the flaws in dallas aiken's coaching staff and or not staff but his coaching strategy and line deployment and i think that's the biggest issue i mean we saw for a while trevor zegris was on the wing right and that was part of this road trip when that was going on and so it's just it's frustrating because it felt like they had turned a corner earlier in the season and it's frustrating to see things go back. And I mean, in tonight's game, to to focus on this game, what really kind of stood out for me was they just kind of stopped attacking. Like, it felt like a very open game where it was odd that the Ducks only had, was it, nine shots on goal going into the third period? Yeah. I mean, even, even like halfway through the third, I think, they were still sitting at nine. Yeah, but it felt like, especially for the first period, it felt pretty open. We're both, it was a little bit chaotic, a little bit hectic, but both teams were getting rushes and just weren't necessarily shooting off of them but they were getting some chances and looks, but just weren't putting it onto net or getting shots in general off. Um, but the third period, especially the second half, of that third period was just abysmal um, yeah. for, for and, the ducks. And you're seeing a lot of the, of the Lundestrom line, you know, the mm-hmm. fourth line. And it's just, you know why they're doing this. They're playing not to lose. They're playing to scratch out a point. And I mean, even Brian Hayward kind of called it out on the broadcast saying, yeah, you know, the ducks are playing, that kind of prevent style they're they're playing not to lose but how often does that actually end up biting you in the butt yeah. i mean he didn't say it in those exact words but that was the the sentiment was like this is you're kind of sowing your own demise here and lo and behold that's what happened in overtime that the, the yeah. ducks just couldn't find a way and also like you know that at what point are we going to stop seeing lindstrom and silverberg together in, in overtime like that just doesn't work does it sorry say that again <laughs> I was going to say, or I did say, I don't know if you were listening, that Lindstrom and Silverberg in overtime oh, yeah. get, just get, doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it, it's funny. I was watching this game, and there was a couple like of Z, rushes. Like, Zegers barely touched the ice in overtime. Yeah. I, I was watching one. I forgot where, when it was in this game. I think it was in the third period. It was when, around the time when they had that three-on-two rush that was just the slowest three-on-two rush of all time, and it was during four-on-four. <laughs> four. Yeah. But what really kind of stood out to me was, I feel like Lundstrom's game is meant for the big ice more. Yes, 100%. And um, I mean I mean just the way that he's always kind of circling back, stopping up, you know, curling along the wall like I think that there's instances where it works for him very well and there's mm-hmm. also instances where you can see why it kind of holds him back. Yeah. And I, I think that in this, it, because you just don't have the space to be able to make those types of plays, and you have to be able to th- uh, uh, think quick and be able to make a play with the puck to be able to generate an offensive chance. And I think that's where offensively he really lacks that killer instinct to be able to create chances for because he's focused on the uh, controlling the puck and keeping it along the boards. 
And that's really the the European uh, Swedish game being on that big ice is you're kind of circling, 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 looking for that opportunity as a result of it, which is what you see in three on three from that line. But that just doesn't necessarily work on the North American ice. And especially in three on three, it doesn't work because if you make a bad pass, it comes the other way with an odd man rush. Well, the thing with the thing with Lundestrom and maybe to a degree Silverberg, but especially Lundestrom that I think the coaches like about him in overtime is that he'll go out there and just possess the puck. Mm-hmm. I don't think anything will really, like nothing really ever happens when it's on a stick, but he's just not turning it over. So you're just surviving that shift. It's giving you another chance afterwards. And it just goes again into this philosophy of playing not to lose as opposed to really going for it. Um, yeah. And I mean, that's, I think the thought process behind having uh, same thing with the, the final two minutes. So I'm just kind of looking at some numbers right now, pure goals for, and goals against uh, per 60. So not expected goals, pure goals for and goals against. So goals against per 60. Uh, let's see. Isaac Lundestrom is the best center on the Ducks at 1.87 goals against per 60. Um, and Jacob Silverberg is at 2.27 goals against per 60. The main issue with the Ducks is that there's just no offense either when they're on the ice. 2.09 uh, goals for per 60. And uh, with uh, Silverberg, it's 1.94. And when you get into expected, it's even worse. It's bad. It's 2.02 expected goals for 2.71 expected goals against. But that's, I think, why if we're focusing on why the coaching staff does this is because they're low event uh, style players that the goals don't come against, but they also don't come for when they're out there. And the thing is, when you're late in a game, I mean, here's your two options. You can play that way and play for the point and go to three on three overtime and take your chances there, which... I mean, for better or worse, it's a strategy that could gain you points and get you to the playoffs. And we've talked about this in the past. But once you hit the playoffs, first off, I don't think it's a long-term strategy that can get you sustainable success in the regular season because eventually you're going to allow well, goals gotta, against... You've got to learn how to win at some point and go and, get the win. And That's there's the also problem. the fact of in in uh, the playoffs, you don't go to three-on-three overtime. You keep playing. You can't just continue to sit back like that. You have to go and attack that game and get the goals. And so I think the reason why they, they don't play Zegras and just I think it's important to at least lay out, I think, what the reason the coaching staff is doing it for is that when Zegras is on the ice, it's 3.08 goals for per 60 and 3.07 goals against per 60. So it's a jump up in terms of production for and a jump up in production against. Yeah. But that's what happens when you have these high skilled players that are generating chances. And I mean, the expected goals against is even lower for Zegers actually than his ex, uh, goals against per 60. So it, it's just, to me, you have your two methodologies. You have your stick it out, try to get to overtime, or you have your attack the game and you understand, Hey, maybe we're going to blow a game or two here, but I'd rather roll a dice and get points. And here's the other big thing here. Put Trevor Zegers in a spot where he's going to learn to win games for his team because at the end of the day, as we've talked about many times, this season is not about picking up points. This season has never been about making the playoffs. The organization, when they when well, we talked to them... That's not how it's being coached. That's no, for but sure. <laughs> I know, but when we talked to them over summer, it was very clear that this was a rebuilding year. Yep. And for everyone that wants to talk about the playoffs, and yes, it would be exciting if they made it. We've heard from Jeff Solomon, right, that that plan hasn't changed. Right. Well, that sure as hell needs to be communicated to the coaching staff because if that's the reasoning for this season, then Trevor Zegers should be out there with two minutes left in a tie game to figure out how to win a game. And if well, he and if he loses it, sure, whatever. It's not great this season, but at least he can learn from it. Some of the most, some of the best learning experiences you can have in life, this just in general, are by failure. Yeah. And how is Zegers going to learn from just not being out there? Well, even tonight, like he gets put. 
you know, that his line gets put out there in an offensive zone start out of a TV timeout and he's not the one taking the face off. Like it's they immediately go to Henrique. It's stuff like that. Here's the thing though. So I have, I have two follow-ups to what, mm-hmm. to everything you're just saying. So for mm-hmm. one, this is kind of a byproduct to me of no direction for this team right now. That's why they need a GM. They need yeah. someone to, to come in and, and really hammer point. home the values, what they're after this season. Um, because right now, I mean, put yourself in Dallas Aiken's shoes. He doesn't have a contract next season. No, that's fair. He doesn't know who his boss is going to be, right? So what are his incentives right now? Like, what is his incentive to that's a good point. let guys learn on the fly? He has no incentive to do that. His incentive is win games because ultimately that's what's going to help him keep his job. And look, or get a job somewhere else. Exactly. And so I think that Dallas Higgins does care about the development of his players. I really do. I think that he cares about them on a, on an individual basis and on a personal level. I think from what we've seen, I I think think he's a genuinely does care for them. Yes, but he's also has his own incentives. He's got to look after himself. And I think that it all, and this could just be his own view of how to best, coach right now is is to do it this way right but but the incentives are all out of out of whack and i think that that's why you really need and we'll get into this maybe after ad read but you really need to hammer home who the gm is soon and have that that strategy that plan kind of reiterated yeah okay definitely. second second thing second thing uh-huh. uh ricard raquel i mean that line tonight with henrique segris and raquel I thought they looked great. I mean, they yeah. got the, they, they got the only goal of the game. Raquel's now scored in two straight games. He got the goal against Ottawa. And I mean, I don't think either goal was necessarily, uh, I think some, they both were kind of soft on the goalie, but it, it just kind of goes to show, you know, that the broadcast was talking and I don't think it was the commentators. It was in pseudo. They were talking about, you know, this is just Ricard Raquel. This, this is Ricky playing confident is what they were saying. And it's like, no, he's not, I think he's always confident, right? It's just the puck is finding the, its way into the back of the net. He's he's had this is how goal scoring works. Unless you're Alex Ovechkin or one of the all time greats, you're going to have stretches where you're not scoring, and then it's mm-hmm. going to come back in waves. It has nothing to do with just mentality. And so I'm happy for Ricardo Raquel because you know he's a guy who prides himself on goal scoring, and he's seeing the puck go in the back of the net right now. Yeah, and I mean, from the Ducks' perspective, if you're looking at trading him, we'll get into yeah. that more. You need him scoring. Fan, absolutely fantastic. I mean, I put out that article last week that was talking about kind of trade value, and if he can get on a bit of a scoring streak, that's something that would be really helpful in terms of his trade value because a lot of times there's a lot of recency bias when it comes to trade value, and that can oh, really yeah. impact it. Um, and so, and Adam Henrique came back. We we didn't talk about that after a yep. long time, um, a he, long time out. He, he looked a little off, I think in his first game back, mm-hmm. but now in the position he's been in, I would say even tonight, like you can tell the difference that it makes playing with Trevor Zegras when you have a competent winger who can make plays next to him. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with that. Um, the other kind of big news, uh, other big news from these games. Uh, obviously we talked about the ducks not playing well. At well, overall. I mean the big, the big thing is just John Gibson working his way into the Vezina conversation slowly. <laughs> yes. Yes, definitely. <laughs> but uh, Trevor Zegras scored a Michigan goal. Finally. Yeah. Oh, this this brings me to a conversation I've been looking forward to. Is the is the Michigan boring now? No. That's that's no. That's been, that's been the talk. No. Uh, on the different hockey podcast. I know it. It's not. This is a play that happens how many times a season? How many times is like, a like Michigan single digits? Right. Yeah. If that, I mean, like, if more than five. Like how many? Are, do we think like 
when Connor McDavid dangles through four guys, is that boring now? He does that like two times a season. Right. So I think that people, I think it's lost its shock value maybe for people. Yeah. Especially, I, especially people who follow the game like really intensely. I think, especially if you're someone who follows the junior game, the college game, it's probably lost even more shock value because it happens more at that level too. So I could see that. But I mean, we'll talk about that goal, the way that Zegers did it. You know, it's it was an interesting kind of variation. They're all they're all slightly different. And his, you know, skating up to the net from the right side of the goal and then starts his move, I mean, basically in front of the post. And he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's barely behind the net as he's starting his move and then just wraps it around at full speed. I actually really liked Brian Hayward's description of the Michigan, calling it the aerial wraparound. I think that... I think that actually works because yeah, it, it does like it tells you what like, you know, exactly what it means. Yeah. Once you've once you hear it. But it was just a really slick play. The fact that he pulled it off and it was all super intentional. Like none of this, none of this was by accident. You could tell that the, the way he approached the net, the way that he timed it, he saw the opportunity and he pounced on it. And that's just Trevor Zegers in a nutshell. Like he's going to try stuff. He's going to do things that are unconventional that other players would never try. But the reason that he tries them and again, this is something we've harped on the entire season the reason he tries them is because he sees them as high success rate plays for himself yeah and i mean he mentioned as it, it turns in the out interview. He's, he's not wrong oh he yeah. mentioned he mentioned it in best his comment of the season he best said it's a high, it's a high percentage play well no that's not that's not the best part of what oh he said. oh i know what you said he had a fresh tape job and fresh ice so he decided to go yeah. for it hey the the okay i will say this fresh tape matters you are the tape connoisseur of this podcast well because so allers on the ducks broadcast said you know fresh tape job and i think he didn't understand what zegers meant because he said oh that as the kids would say a fresh tape job i was like no he meant literally fresh like he had just taped a stick because when you've just taped your stick if you try to do that move what you'll realize is that if your stick blade is wet you're not going to get the grip on the puck to scoop it you're you're not going to be able to do it or at least it's going to be a lot harder when your tape is fresh and dry, it's a lot easier, especially when your wax is also perfectly on there. You're going to get a ton of grip on that puck. And so that's what Trevor Zegers meant. And I applaud him for saying that because, yes, people laugh at my tape tweets, but this stuff matters. Clearly, Trevor Zegers is talking about it. Yeah. I am and, indicated. I am no longer eating crow. What's yeah, the opposite and, of eating crow? And, and here's the thing. It's eating a high steak? percentage play. It's a high percentage play. Well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. He's... How many times do you think he's tried it at the NHL level now? Maybe three five? times? Four to four five? Times? Four to five, probably? So let's say, let's go with five times. He's shooting 20% five on Michigan times. shots. Five times. Five he's shooting, times. Stop. He's shooting 20%, right? That's pretty good. Yeah. That, that, that's a lot higher than what he's shooting on normal shots. So uh, hats off to Trevor Zegers. Keep doing that. I don't think it's boring. I like maybe it's lost a little shock value, but it's still cool to see it happen live because you're not expecting it. I think that as a pure highlight, it's definitely lost value because you've seen it a million times. But when it happens in a game, when you're watching live, it's still really freaking cool. Yeah, because it's just out of nowhere. And it's just so out of the ordinary that it yeah. just, it, it's just jarring. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess kind of before we get to our ad read, the only other thing... Uh, I think big news wise out of these games is Josh Manson got hurt. Right. And uh, it seems like it's a pinky injury is what it sounds like. Oh, is that what it is? Or it's a hand. It's a hand something. 
Well, Ryan Getzlaff also lost like all of his two, front teeth. Two teeth. And Josh <laughs> Mahura played. What did you think of Josh Mahura playing his uh, weak side tonight? It was okay. Yeah. Do you think he, that that is an option fine. if they trade uh, if they trade Manson? It's not optimal. I don't okay. think. Okay. That but, was more. But, that was what but, I was curious about. But I'm willing to see more of it. I mean, yeah. I, I think Mahura has kind of gotten a bad rap this season, but his numbers aren't actually that bad. Mm-hmm. Um. So. Sure, why not? And I think playing with Cam Fowler is putting him in a prime situation because as we've seen with a lot of guys, Cam Fowler is able to make people look better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, and what else was there? Uh, oh, one other thing I want to bring up. How much of the this poor play do you uh, kind of put on the Ducks not having uh, Sonny Milano? I think it's a big part of it mm-hmm. because without Sonny Milano – as of right now, you know, Trevor Zegras is a good five on five player, but he's not a huge driver of offense and of shot suppression quite yet. So especially without Adam Henrique, who are you going to put with him? Typically a Ricard Raquel, a Max Contois. Neither of those guys are really great play drivers at five on five. You know, Contois has been better in that regard this season, but it's still nothing tremendous. And then on the other line, you've got, you know, you've got Getzloff and Terry who are both excellent and you can kind of put whoever with them, but you really lose a lot of play driving punch on the second line without Sonny Milano. And I think that you're kind of seeing that play out where the ducks have a harder time imposing their will. I think having Adam Henrique though is, is huge because now you do have a guy who can drive play and can kind of, I, I hate to use this word, but insulate Trevor's egress a little bit, allow him to shine and get him more opportunities. So it's a big part. You know, I think Milano traveled today, joined the team in Detroit. Uh, are, are you the one who put that out there? Uh, Eric Stevens put that out there that he traveled. Um, yeah, which is kind of weird, right? So like, I think I Dalton Keys, I think was who it was on the, of the road trip. So here's, I think, potentially why. And I, I don't want to, don't quote me on this because I haven't necessarily done the research, but uh, Dalton Keys pointed out that he thinks that the uh, concussion specialist that he was seeing was in Detroit. Oh, <laughs> great so uh, that could potentially be why he's there well that's so that's I, I don't quote me on that i would need to do a bit more research but that could be a reason why because i thought the same thing why would he join the team on the final game of the road trip if he's not going to play well it doesn't make a lot of sense but that hurt, would be it, a good it reason hurts them, it hurts them big time yeah lose Sonny milano but i think that that you can only go so far with that right i think that what this is kind of showing at the end of the day that, it's still one player right yeah and it's also really I mean, it says it, it does say a bit about the roster and just how there's not a lot of depth offensively, but it says a few things. For one, right, they've had this huge COVID wave, and I'm sure that even the guys who are back might not be completely 100%. That's a good point. But by the same token, it's kind of showing that without the talent to paper over everything, you're kind of seeing some of the suboptimal tactics and decisions come back to bite the ducks a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so... I hate to say that we told you so, but we kind of told you so. Yep. Um, all right. So time for our ad read? I, I believe so. Yes. All right. So this podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here for you with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day It's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped 
the leaders in below the waist grooming with our exclusive exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use the code CTP for 20% off plus free shipping. Um, so Felix, the holidays went by so quickly, right? Did you remember to take care of your package with the best tools for the job? The perfect or performance package 4.0 from Manscaped for Manscaped is just the thing every guy needs in their life to make every each and every day just a little more special. I mean, Felix, what do you think about that lawnmower 4.0? Yeah, it's the number one product in this package. Uh, the electric trimmer, it's designed to trim hair on loose skin. So, you know, we've all got some looseness down there. Got to be able to trim it well. Uh, and get this. The trimmer's advanced skin safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate balls. It even has a 4000K LED spotlight so you can shave anywhere. And I mean anywhere your heart desires. Did I mention that it's waterproof too? I mean, that might be the biggest yeah. implement of them all. And, and you know, I'd like to propose making February 13th a national holiday as National Shave Your Balls Day. And who's with me? I think this is one holiday that men and women can get behind. I mean, sure. and, there, and then there's the weed whacker also, Felix. Yeah, especially for you. The weed whacker is important. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> this is off the rails. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a nose and ear hair trimmer. It's going to whack all of the worst weeds. It e and so Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs to keep your boys stored comfortably. And uh, to complete the perfect package for your package, uh, our liquid formulas like the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant and Crop Pre uh, Reviver Ball Toner. Start your day off with the deodorant for your boys, then stay cool all day with toner to keep you feeling your best all day and night. These formulations will also have your balls smelling like a king on the big day. And don't forget to smell good not only around your balls, but all over made with their signature scent. The Manscaped Refined Cologne will complement your collection with smell perfection. Manscaped created their products for a night just like this and make your V-Day date say, wow, great set of balls you have there. You know, you love to hear that. You really do. Feedback is key. Get 20% off and free shipping. Snorted. Oops. And free shipping with the code CTP at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code CTP. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow with Manscaped this Valentine's Day. Good Lord. Okay. Well, with that, with that out of the way, <laughs> uh, thankfully, thankfully out of the way, let's, um, let's move on. So I think that there's some, are you, are you okay? Are you, are you going to, I'm okay. By the way, fired Carlisle says from an Eric Stevens article on Milano in December sessions with uh, Michigan based sports neurologist, Dr. Jeffrey Kutcher over the summer proved be uh, highly beneficial. So that could be who Milano's visiting in Detroit. So let's talk about some of the news, some of the rumblings from today mm -hmm. that we got. I think that this is the, this is the fun kind of juicy part. Ducks GM search. Yeah. It sounds like we could have a new GM to talk about. By the end of this week, will we have to do a mer an emergency pod? I'm down. I I'm mean, down. honestly, so this is kind of the perfect time to hire a GM. The Ducks don't play again until a week from Friday. Yep. And so this gives a new GM to be hired to come in to meet his players, to learn his players, to watch. There's going to be practice time. Yeah. And to really kind of understand, like, if you're going to hire a GM, like, I hadn't really looked at it 
looked at the schedule in depth, but this is the perfect time to hire one. Yep. So the Ducks right now are reportedly getting into their second round of interviews and a name that has gained a lot of prominence. I mean, really what it's been since the beginning is you've got the in-house candidates, the Solomons, Maddens, uh, Dave Nonis of the world. And then you've got a name that has come up recently and that won't go away. And that is Pat Verbeek. Now, here's the thing with Pat Verbeek. So he's got, he's one of those classic guys who's been around success, right? He's been around Steve Eiserman. He's been around teams that have done well, but, but it's a bit of a black box. Like we don't actually really know what he does now. Now, apparently his calling card is that as a scout. And what's interesting to me about that, there was this whole thing about how much time he spends watching players on the road, different leagues. It's that the if the, so if let's assume that that is indeed his strength, the Ducks already kind of have that in a Martin Madden. No, like they, mm-hmm. they already have that box checked, and so it's it's one of the tough things for us to evaluate this process is that there's just a lot that we don't know. And yeah. with, with Pat Verbeek, I guess I'm just not really I'm not really jazzed about that possibility because it just kind of smells like a former player who's just been a scout who's been around success and. That's kind of all that we know. And usually those guys, it can go a few different ways. Yeah. They're- and I mean, here's kind of my 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 big question, and I think you're spot on here, is that we don't necessarily know uh know what he can bring. And on I believe it was the DFO pod today, Frank Serif Valley mentioned that he's been Iserman's right hand man. And so, mm-hmm. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. I always assumed that was Breezeball in Tampa, and that was why Breezeball took over. But I guess supposedly, and maybe this is just a bit of a revisionist history here, but I guess that's been Pat Verbeek has been his right-hand man. And I would assume that if you're someone's right-hand man, you're typically going to see eye-to-eye. And you can assume potentially the way that Steve Eiserman has built his teams is a similar way Pat Verbeek would after we've kind of discussed the the brilliance of Steve Eiserman. But the, I mean, it's a question mark, right? I mean, this is a guy that was a former player that... Uh, hasn't necessarily kind of worked his way up through the scouting ranks. And and that's kind of where he came from. And um, fired Carlisle points out that I believe that it was Friedman said today on the Jeff Merrick show that Eisenman believes Verbeek should be a GM right now. Yeah. I mean, of course he's going to say that, but I guess the thing with Verbeek is that we also just don't know if we look at how the Red Wings have gone about their rebuild, they really tore it all the way down. Yeah. Now who is driving that bus? Is it, I mean, you're assuming that Steve Eiserman is the one uh, that's pushing for it, but wh- how does Pat Verbeek feel about that? So, I don't know. I guess it's just part of me is skeptical about it, but another part of me is just we don't really know a whole lot about yeah, the potential pick. We don't. And so I think that's honestly, outside of the Ducks' internal candidates, I feel like that's where a lot of this is at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, like and, we, we, we don't know his attitude towards analytics, no, right? It, and so that's tough. And here's also, I think, a good point that I believe it was on the DFO show last week. I don't remember. It was something like that when Frank dropped. I think he was the first one to mention Pat Verbeek. I think mm-hmm. he mentioned Pat Verbeek and I think the Martin uh, guy from the Rangers who also Ryan used Martin. to be Ryan Martin, who had used to be uh, with the Red Wings also. Um, and he had mentioned that the Ducks were now in their second round. Um, they had finished their first round of interviews. They were going to be in their second round. And it's kind of starting to move along. And he's like, it's going to be really interesting to see what happens because – I think the names leaking out may be a telltale sign because the Ducks may be trying to figure out who wouldn't leak out because mm. essentially the Ducks are so close-lipped 
that they may be more interested to see which guys can keep a secret in a way. Interesting. And but so isn't that kind of a weird it API is. to go off of? <laughs> it is. But I think that that goes to show that even though we're hearing Pat Verbeek, it might just be a smokescreen. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And so I think that it's possible. Like it's no doubt. But I also don't know if I would necessarily read this as it's Verbeek or the internal guys. I think there's a high probability with how closed well, there, off there's this There's also organization. a handful of other names we just don't know. Yeah. And supposedly they had uh, we uh, gotten their list down to five to six guys. And so, I mean, I guess at this point we could assume it's the three internal candidates, McFarlane, Verbeek, uh, and then what was it, Martin? Yeah. That would and be so, so. So, you know, that's for facts, that, so, so it's five to six. That's a that's what that is what uh Frank Cervelli thought it got down to that they had gotten their list down to five or six for second interviews. Okay, let me ask you this. Okay, kind of to kind of wrap up this topic. Mm-hmm. If you had to pick right now, if you had to predict who the next Ducks GM will be, is it a name that we've heard or a name that we haven't heard? Well, I mean, I just kind of laid out that I think it might be those five or six guys. So we may okay. actually know all the names. But so you think who, that's but, an exhaustive but, list. But, 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 but there's a potential that one of those guys isn't there and there's a different guy. I think it's more likely that it's a guy we've heard than we haven't heard, though. So you're picking that? Yeah. Okay. Now to narrow down the focus even more, do you think it's going to be internal or external candidate? That's tough, honestly. I'm putting you on the spot. I know you are. This is what I do to you. I don't like this. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with with external. Oh, okay. Make the case. Your reasoning, at least. I think they've gone through this long of an exhaustive procedure to interview all of these guys. I think that if it was set to be Jeff Solomon, he probably would have just been named the set general manager or same thing with the other guys. Um it's possible that they've interviewed these guys and realize actually the person that we want is here. And it's possible that that's the right. And I think that that's probably the right way to go about it. Honestly, is you want to get all these wide ranging views and opinions, but I just, I don't foresee them going with it. I hope I'm wrong because I actually really would like Jeff Solomon to be the GM the most, but I just think this kind of screams to me as going with an external candidate. So here's what's, Here's a parallel that I will draw. If you'll mm-hmm. recall, when the Ducks were in their last coaching search, towards the end, we started hearing different names. I'm forgetting the name of the coach from a uh, college team in Minnesota. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name but either. But we kind of started getting these names at the very end, right? Yeah, that's true. And then it ended up being Dallas Akins, who we kind of thought of all along. And that's so, true. It's a good point. And so if we're going to take that and assume that that is reflective of of how the Samuelis operate in hiring processes, then I would say that maybe we should just go with our gut and that maybe it's Jeff Solomon's job to lose, that it's been his all along. Um, So I would go out and predict Jeff Solomon just because, yes, there's been a lot of noise about external candidates, but it's always felt like Solomon to me, even when he was hired last summer. Um, as an AGM to Bob Murray on his last on the last year's deal, so I'm sticking with my gut. I gotta say though, my gut is feeling a little less comfortable as each day passes so, and more names pop up. If you had to pick out of the names that we have, mm-hmm. if you had to pick two candidates as the ones you would like the most, who would you pick? Oh, who I would pick? Yeah, 
I think I would pick Jeff Solomon. <laughs> I'm. You have to list two because I knew you were going to say that. Oh, I have to list two. Um, honestly, this is going to be a bit of a uh, heel turn for me. But I think I would pick Martin Madden as my number two. Interesting. So both internal. Yeah, because I trust... I guess I just trust Martin Madden more because I just know more about him than I do of, of the other guys. See, I would go McFarland as my number two. I mean, that's fair. I just a bit, that- a bit of an unknown also, but I think that he's been, uh, we've seen, I think the difference between Verbeek and McFarland is we've seen what McFarland's handiwork can be in, with the Colorado avalanche and how that team has been built, how they've made very smart trades. And he's been Joe, uh, Joe Sackick's right-hand man throughout all that. he, comes from essentially a non-hockey background with a law degree, which is kind of what I personally want to see someone that. Yeah, but okay. Okay. I need to push back on this law degree thing. Well, he was a scout. He was a scout. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Like a lot of these guys have law degrees, but never practice law. (laughs) Well, Solomon was a lawyer and got his law degree and then became an agent. So that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Like Solomon actually has some. Scott Sandlin was the Minnesota guy per fired Carlisle. So my thing with Martin Madden is just that he, like, we know that, like, he has maybe one of the hardest things to get with GMs, it seems. Just understanding talent, understanding who are the better players well, to go and after. And supposedly, we were told by the organization that he has an understanding of analytics. Yeah, that he has not just an understanding, but a curiosity for analytics. That yeah. He is a guy who wants to know the numbers and and believes that to be an edge. And... Okay, now this is getting into maybe too much of conspiratorial territory, but Martin Madden is on Twitter. And if you look at who he's following on Twitter, follows a lot of analytics pages. I'll just say that. Um, so I think that he's got kind of the mind that I would like for someone as a GM where maybe you're you're losing out on experience or you're losing out on cap knowledge. And those are very important things. But I think I like... I just like his overall philosophy when it comes to players and, and evaluating players. And I think that that is something that a lot of teams might say, Oh, well you, you know, you can get scouts or whatever, but how many teams don't draft? Well, how many teams make bad trades because they make bad player evaluations. So I think that he's not my number one pick, but I think he's a fine pick and he's the one I would trust the most. After yeah. Solomon. Mitch, you brings up a good point in uh, our Twitch chat saying that uh, basically the fact that he has his law degree is also really helpful with contracts. Well, and yeah, so he was a scout by trade, but became worked his way up and probably has helped out with contracts a lot as a result of that. Look, what a law degree means is that you can read dense material and that you're not going to miss anything. Hopefully. There you go. That you know how to use control find. <laughs> there there you go but no but on the McFarland point though he's mm-hmm. been supposedly the right-hand man for joe sackick and you look at the deals that they've made the the matthew shane deal and getting uh, a sam gerard the devin taves deal right all these moves that they've made yes they obviously had the the pieces in place already with mckinnon and landiscog and rantanen and all those guys but also drafting mccarr was underneath him and so these are all kind of decisions where while, yes, it's hard to really parse out how much was his say, how much was Sackick, but supposedly he had a big say, whereas with Rubik, right, I guess you could look at the same thing with Cider. Well, I mean, aren't you making the same case? You could make the same case with Cider. Yeah. Well, but we haven't seen the, it necessarily being built up into that full success yet. And I think that's, I guess, my question. Okay. Whereas with McFarland, you've seen it transition and become the successful organization, <laughs> right? Yeah. I guess I've offended the... Uh 
the law degree holders or pursuers in the in the in the Twitch chat. Yeah, so I'm just I, I, I'm not bashing getting a law degree by any means. I'm just saying that when we use that to say this guy's a great candidate, people kind of equate that to this person being someone who was a practicing attorney. And it's not quite the same in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. You so. know, just, just dismissing all of your, uh, <laughs> everyone basically with law degrees, everyone that's in law school, everyone that's applying to law school. Yeah. Just no, hate Felix. no, here's the thing. Here's what I, here's what I know about law degrees is that what you learn, if nothing else is to read carefully very 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 carefully <laughs> and guess what that's pretty freaking important when you're negotiating contracts yeah writing contracts anything that's managerial or transactional very very important so i am not dismissing that by any means Please. uh yeah uh db lowry says felix slander of sweden detroit and the legal practice <laughs> all of those things are ironic <laughs> all of them okay uh okay so anyway uh, so that, that, we, that's, we could that's the whole thing on the GM search. We could get an announcement this week. We'll probably do a, a, a bonus episode or something like that to breaking news, whatever episode when that breaks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. We should probably now, discuss that. Now I'm, questioning, now I'm questioning my life choices having slandered the law degrees. But yeah. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think moving on though, from the GM search, I think it's the next order of business. And this is where, uh, you know, the, 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 the next GM will be so important. And I think why they're, they're really trying to hunker down to get it is what's going to happen with the unrestricted free agents. And so now looking at some of the reports today, I think what was maybe the most interesting is that, and you know, it's, it's always hard to tell when you're listening to insiders talk, like what is actually information and what is opinion. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there was even a mention of Josh Manson being traded and then re-signing in Anaheim this summer, I think was interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, if that happens, whatever. I don't hate it. I would because the Ducks get the pro, get the the assets. And here's the thing. You know what everyone's been saying, and it's very funny because you know I got a lot of crap last year for how much I thought Manson would get. Mm -hmm. And look <laughs> at how everyone talks about Josh Manson. Yeah. Everyone is hyping. I mean, look up. at look at how people talk about Hampus Lindholm. Yeah, like like Jeff Merrick, who has been on this show, who we love dearly. Yeah, said today on on the Thirty Two Thoughts podcast that Hampus Lindholm is a special defenseman. I want to know what's special about him right now. I mean, he's especially bad defensively right now. Um, he's especially not effective offensively. But I like. So yes, to your point, the reputation of these players is still very much intact and completely out of whack almost with what they're actually bringing on the ice. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Compl no, I, I completely yeah. agree. And I mean, this is why... And so the report that came out of there was that Friedman had mentioned that he thinks that the uh, the Ducks are trying to get uh, Lindholm on a lower-term, higher AAV deal. So if he ended up on, let's say, I don't know, a nine to $10 million deal at five, five years, mm -hmm. how would you feel about that? Bad. Yeah. Bad. Look, Not good. What is the scenario where a Hampus Lindholm extension is palatable? Like, like, what is it? Four or five years at six and a half mil. Which he would never do. No. So and that's the thing. And this is where I fall on this all the time. 
I have no issue with him going out and getting what he's worth on the open market. But I also, in that same breath, understand that worth. Well, yeah. Look what Seth Jones got. What he's owed. Well, yeah. What the market will pay him. Yeah, exactly. That that is what worth is. Is what a team is willing to pay him. And and so, I mean, I would I would argue that uh, market values don't align with actual player performance. Yes, neither here nor there. Agreed. Agreed. And so, in that same breath, though, the duck you can understand that the Ducks shouldn't be the team that give him that, and it doesn't align with their contending window. And so, I mean, I might as well just jump into this. I put out an article on Crash the Pond uh, this week. Plug? That you, what? Shameless plug? Shameless plug. Go read it. But where I did some comparables to figure out what a potential return could be for, mm-hmm. for these players. And so, what I kind of fell on or, or kind of came down to with Lindholm was that I think that they should be able to get a first round pick, a good prospect and potentially another mid round pick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They could and, get a good haul for him. And if you potentially want to get a better pick for him or a better prospect and you just forego the, cause I mean, here's where I'm at. You can just forego the first, first round pick and get a really good prospect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like just you do can, that. You can, get, you can get creative. Yeah. Yeah. And, and retain salary to make it work. Do whatever you can to make it work. And you can end up getting a pretty good prospect. And so Josh Manson, I mean, the comparables for Manson, I, I ended up finding was if David Savard could get a first round pick with the way Manson's being hyped up by a lot of people, he should easily be able to get a first round pick or a good prospect. I mean, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast a little bit today and they were gushing over Manson. And that's kind of more so your, your average fan type of view on some things. Yeah. And they were talking about, but, they'd be willing how, to essentially giving up, give up anyone, but, but how, how much of, how far off is that though? From how GMs view him? Like, no. Yeah. Probably, I, probably not that far off. Probably not that far off. And especially with the Leafs needing a right-hand shot defenseman. I mean, could you potentially get Nick Robertson for him? Maybe <laughs> this is just a replay of last year's trade deadline yeah. all over again. I mean, but, is that a, but like, no. that's what you should be trying to get. Yes, I mean the thing with Josh Manson is that he's actually been better than Lindholm this season. Yeah, um, he's actually still kind of worth it. Um, but yeah, I mean it's just one of those things where I don't, I just don't see the rationale for the Ducks bringing any of these guys back without yeah. trading them first. At the Agreed. Very least. Agreed. And um, so, and, it, Ricard- and, it all, and I was all I was going to say. I think I'm beating you to it here, but it seems like it's a foregone conclusion that Raquel is gone. Yeah, so that's Ricard, what it sounds like. There's yeah. no talk. There's no gushing over Ricard Raquel, basically. No, and Ricard Raquel should be able to get you a good prospect or a first round pick. Yeah, ba- based upon some things. Based upon your your research. Yeah. So, yeah. I think that when you put all of this together, the GM search plus what we're hearing about the um, free agents, it's going to be an interesting next couple of months in Anaheim. There's going to be a lot of things to talk about. And I would be curious for you to, to answer this. Knowing what you know today, do you think that who do you think gets traded? All three. You don't think that there's an extension at play for Hampus Lindholm? No, I don't think I, I don't think he's going to accept what the Ducks are trying to offer. The Ducks don't want to give him the term, and I don't think they're going to. I don't think the Ducks will give him the term that he wants. Well, yeah. So if the Ducks are already, well, again, we don't. We only know very little, but. If the Ducks are having that talk of, hey, would you take less term for more money? That already kind of sounds like they're just trying, they're just having this conversation to see if they can get exactly what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. And if they can't do that, then 
you move you move on from him. That seems to be the uh, the takeaway there. I don't I don't think you're having that kind of conversation if you truly truly want to bring the player back. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Um, yep. But yeah, I I kind of want to disagree with you and say that there's going to be one like boneheaded extension. But I think that all three are are likely gone. Yeah. I mean, who who has watched Tampa? Like again, who has watched Tampa's Lindholm this season and thinks, yeah, that guy, that guy right there, who's you know lugging around a 19 year old on the ice while getting spectacularly outplayed, that's that's who I want to sign for eight more seasons. A lot of people. But like, what are they watching though? What are they like? Have, did you see Hampus Lindholm against Ottawa on it's Saturday? Sa- yeah, he got crushed. He was beat. He, 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 like he was Kevin really. He was he really like Kevin bad. Bieksa. Bad Kevin Bieksa, not early career Kevin Bieksa. Like like Ducks Kevin Bieksa. Just couldn't couldn't do anything with the puck. Yeah, it was rough. Yeah, that was probably his worst game of the season. That's the worst game I've ever seen him play. Yeah, agreed. Ever. Agreed completely. So, um, but here's the thing, you know. People still think he's good. Everyone, everyone still thinks he's good. Oh man, what would the Oilers pay for Hampus Lindholm? Yeah, I feel like the Oilers would definitely like. It's. I think you brought this up on our Patreon episode. That whole thing from Ken Holland has to be posturing, right? Uh, wait. They're not wanting to trade a first round pick. Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. They'll pay whatever they need to to win a Stanley Cup, right? Which is what they should be doing. Like, like I, I don't expect. Ken Holland to just come out and say, yes, you can have our first round pick. I'm expecting him to throw out that he's willing to make trades, but not give away like everything right away. Yeah. So, so, I mean, you want to target those teams, target them, target I mean, the dumb teams, call Philly? them over and over Philly blank check sign <laughs> trade and extension. So sign and trade. When I heard that, when I heard that, when I heard about that press conference, I was just, immediately thinking Philly is screwed sign and trade. They're going to be, they're they, going to be, no, they could do a sign and trade no, because then they I can know, get an eight year deal. I'm just saying Philly is going to be mediocre forever. Oh the, yeah. The, the blank check thing. Like, like do they, have they not seen how every great team in the NHL has gotten great? Like show me the really good team that has sustained success that has done it without a rebuild. I def- I like challenge anyone out there to bring this to to bring this before me. It it doesn't exist, and yet the owners of Comcast, who you know are are seasoned uh, hockey professionals, I'm sure they believe that that's not necessary. That they can bend the rules of what we've seen in the last 20 years in the NHL. So, yeah, there's my rant about the Flyers being dumb. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's a team that you target in order to just, you know, get what you can out of them. They're desperate. Yeah. Um, real quick, before we get into questions, what are your thoughts on the All-Star Game uh, festivities on Friday for the skills competition with Zegris being there, the Bellagio Fountains? <laughs> Did you not uh, see this? No, I haven't. Wait, you really haven't seen this? No, I haven't. They're going to create a rink um, essentially in the Bellagio Fountains. How? Oh, sh- now I wish I, enough? Now, now I got to find the tweets. Uh, give me one second. I'll find. I thought you saw this. How did you miss this? I mean, I, I don't know. I was busy so, just crying over my football team. Yesterday. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, let me find it. I will find it eventually. But basically what they're going to do is they're going to build. Uh, here we go. I think that this is it. Okay. 
So NHL's revealed its two outdoor all-star all-star game skills competitions. NHL Fountain Faceoff, which will take place in the fountains at the of the Bellagio and Las Vegas uh NHL uh, I don't know what this part is. Uh, it will shut down part of Las Vegas Boulevard. The face-off uh, competition is eight participants will travel by boat to a rink in the fountains. They shoot pucks into five targets in the least time, fighting through spray of the fountains. There's a head-to-head final. Ooh. Okay. And Jocelyn uh, Lamaru is going to be in it. Wait. And What is this? Yeah. Isn't it so cool? Well, what's the thing with the, the cards? So that's the other thing. So this is they're going to do this, and they're going to do a blackjack meets hockey. There's going to be an entire sta- uh, thing of cards, and you have to try to get to 21 and shoot out the cards. <laughs> it's going to be great. I mean, I look, we need the All-Star game in Vegas every single year. Like, this is amazing. Like, ju- the, the visual of the guys going out there in full hockey gear with skates in Vegas on a boat. Oh, it's gonna be on a boat. They have to go. They have the the rink that they're gonna be yeah, on. Yeah, they're not gonna freeze the. <laughs> it's gonna be synthetic ice that they're gonna build. Oh, and have them go. Probably, I mean, I would assume synthetic ice. That would be my assumption. Wow. Okay. Jeez. I mean, <laughs> look. Th- but this is what you love about Vegas, right? It's just <laughs> outlandish, crazy, outside Here. of the box. I'm gonna so, go yeah. to all. A- it's now up on the screen where you can see this is a picture of what it's gonna look like. Uh, for the face-off challenge where there's essentially this big face-off dot at center ice and then there's all these face-offs that you have to hit. It looks... Um, and the spraying water, this just feels like Wipeout. I love this. Yeah, that looks ridiculous, but that's what Vegas is all about. Um, yeah, and and then there's this guy, which is the, the card one that you were talking about with the synthetic be, ice. Would, would you be in favor of the All-Star game just being in Vegas every year? If this is what we get, yes. I mean, the, I think it is what you're going to get. Also, uh, Kurt Russell's son is going to be in the skills competition. Who? Wyatt Russell. Do you not know who Kurt Russell is? Is that an actor? <laughs> Oops. There are moments on this podcast that will live in infamy, Mas- and this is one of them. Mask off moment? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Should we do um, questions? <laughs> do you just want to get the pressure off of you? <laughs> Should we do questions? <laughs> All right. So the first questions come from our uh, Twitch chat. Uh, so, uh, oh, here's the first one. Um, I'll ask now from Lewis question for Jake, but I need Felix to answer the question out loud. What or to ask the question out loud. Oh, wait, you're supposed to ask this. So go to discord. All, uh, 91 Pluty said, will there be the crow awards handed out at the end of the season? So what exactly are they again? I don't know. We, we have to make up what these crow awards are. Okay. So, so for anyone, for anyone who doesn't know, I joke a lot about, you know, will Jake eat crow? It's one of the often asked questions in our Discord chat. Because Jake makes a lot of bold proclamations and he ends up being wrong. Do I? Quite often. And do so I really? I have to put it out there. Will he Are you eat sure crow? I do? Do I actually? <laughs> I mean, you're not batting a thousand, is what I'll say. No, I'm probably batting like seven fifty. Whoo. Okay. But yeah, so we'll we'll come up with something. <laughs> uh- <laughs> People are okay. freaking out over this Kurt Russell thing. Yeah. Is this Russellgate? <laughs> yeah, Kurt Russellgate. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you could ask Zegers one question that he'd answer 100% truthfully, what is it? Do you like playing for Dallas Akins? There you go, folks. Darko, <laughs> uh, you said pre-All-Star Actually, weekend. no, no, no. Specifically, are you happy with how Dallas Akins has delegated your ice time? 
There we go. Darko Theory said, pre-All-Star Weekend, guess on overall rankings for the weekend. How is Vegas as a host? Is the skills competition good or campy? Do any of the Ducks win the individual awards? Uh, well, I think it's going to, I mean, I think it's going to be a great weekend. I'm excited for it. Um, I don't know. What are the, like just MVP of the game? Sure. Yeah. I mean, maybe Troy Terry win MVP. Maybe John Gibson. Okay. Uh, Has a a goalie ever won all-star game MVP? It's not really a goalie friendly event. No, it's really not. He's not going to No. Yeah. Um, all right. So that's it for discord. Oh, wait, you never read Lewis's question. What was the question? Where it's is in it? the it's in the uh, podcast questions channel. Oh, okay. Yeah, you should have told me that. Yeah. Um, can't find it. I hear your cat though. In the yeah, Sa- Salem is just. I don't know what she's doing. She doesn't know. How Where to is Lewis's question? Okay. Uh. <laughs> okay. This is a question for Jake. I want you to answer this. Because this is what the people need to know. So just so everybody out there understands, Jake does not think that J.S. Chaguer's number deserves to be retired in Anaheim. So here's my question. What more could John Sebastian Chaguer, Stanley Cup champion, all-time wins leader for the franchise, Conn Smythe winner, fourth in Vesna voting in 2007-2008, and performer of multiple charitable works in orange county what more could he possibly have done to deserve getting his number retired you're saying that all of that particularly the fourth in vesna voting in 0708 <laughs> just doesn't count doesn't matter the How fourth you? your fourth in vesna hey, voting he also finished seventh one year like, there like you what, go. What, what more does he need to do my my case stands uh my case rests uh no in reality here's where i stand with it if Scott Niedermeyer's number goes up, Jay Shiger's number should go up. My opinion personally, neither should be up there. Okay. Fair enough. That that is my personal I opinion. I actually don't I actually don't care at all. I just I know. I just like trolling you about this. I know. I know. It's, it's it's one of the weaknesses in your All right. Your so now we're gonna come to Twitch. If you've posted a question, can you all do me a favor and repost it with question at the front so I can get to it? But for those of you on YouTube, yes, go to youtube.com slash crash the pond. Please like and subscribe to the channel. Uh, and also if you're on our favorite podcast services, you can always come to our twi- uh, live stream each and every, uh, Monday night at 8 PM twitch.tv slash crash spawn. You can, uh, follow the channel to get notifications. When we go live, you can subscribe. If you have Amazon prime, you get one free Twitch, Twitch prime gaming sub each and every month where you can, uh, help support this show. So, uh, here's the first question. What's your favorite Kurt Russell movie? Okay. I figured out who he is. I quickly Googled. He's the, he's the coach, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I mean, I've only, I don't think I can name all the movies I've seen him in. Here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you some names here. I'll just go with Miracle. Like, it's it's my favorite one. So. Here, uh, I'm going to go with Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Okay, sure. Have you seen it? No. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Shadow Ops Gaming said, if the Ducks have a new GM before the break ends, are there any trades that are made? Also, do you think Sonny is back uh, February 11th? I really hope that he's back, but I, I'm kind of not that optimistic just because of the nature of the injury. It seems. Um, I also don't really think trades are going to happen up until closer to the deadline, even if there's a new GM. Sorry, say that one more time. One more time. I was moderating <laughs> chat slightly. I said, I mean, this was, it wasn't for you. It was answering the question. I yeah. said that 
I, I don't think Milano, I'm not optimistic that Milano will be playing uh, right after the break. And I think that even with a new GM, there's not going to be any trades until the deadline. Yep. Uh, Pushhead2 said, will we move on from Dallas Akins? You know, if they don't make the playoffs, which by the way, the Ducks are fifth in points percentage, people please stop using the actual standings right now. Um, you can clearly the see Ducks have that played like 10 more games. Yeah. Like they played eight more games in Calgary. I think like, please, please, please stop using that. Even the broadcast tonight said, Oh, the ducks are second in the Pacific division at the all-star break. And it's like, yeah, they are. But, uh, <laughs> let's just say that not all things are equal here. Um, I don't know. I kind of have a hard time seeing him coming back, especially if it's going to be an external GM, which, you know, I, I don't think that's going to happen, but if it does, I also just think if they don't make the playoffs, you know, if, if, if kind of reality starts to creep in more and more, I just don't know if there's going to be that kind of narrative push to have him back. You may disagree though. Uh, I honestly just don't know. I, I think you don't have an see- opinion. No, I think we just need to see who the... Do you think he should be back next year? No. Okay, that's that's what I would agree with. Hardcore Luchador asked, uh, did Felix buy his NFC combo, NFC champion hat shirt combo yet? Uh, yeah, I'm wearing the hat. So, but oh, the... we meant NFC. Yeah, wow. but, they, but they're not the NFC champions. Yeah, I, I, I didn't wow. catch that. Damn. Wow. Uh, look, congratulations to the Rams. I, I mean that. Congratulations. Sure. Sure you mean that. Sure. I mean I mean congrats on barely beating one of the worst quarterbacks to be in an NFC championship game uh in recent memory. Wow. What a backhanded call. You're the, I'm just you're, shitting you are, all over you, Jimmy you are the Red Wing right, Red Wings fans right Jimmy now. G. Lockdown late night says hot take Felix only wants J.S. Shaguer's number retired because he's French. Uh no, I actually don't care. I do not care. Austin Price five two nine asks, uh, "What would a Manson extension look like?" Uh, I mean, it wouldn't break the bank like a Lindholm one would be. I, but... I think it would be about four times four, four times four and a half, maybe something in that range. Honestly, yeah. he probably will get an, uh, he probably would get a raise maybe on what he's making, but maybe not. I mean, it's probably going to be similar to his current contract, but maybe four more years of it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Uh, let's see. NJ Devils uh, fan said, "Question: Super Bowl prediction." Oh, you know, who, like has anyone succeeded in predicting football like this playoff? I feel like it's been pretty difficult. Although I had Bengals Chiefs uh, in the AFC title game. So did I. Yeah, based on my recommendation. Yeah, the recommendation that royally screwed me because I had the Niners going to the conference final. Yeah, and you didn't stick to your guns, so that's that's on you. Um, <laughs> I really want to pick the Bengals because I think they're so much fun, but I just don't trust that team. I really don't. I don't trust Zach Taylor. I think that they kind of got a little, I don't want to say lucky against the Chiefs, but it took like a Chiefs meltdown for them to win, whereas I think that the Rams are more foolproof, so I'm going to go with the Rams. But I I hate saying that, but I think that's that's the you know what? just for fun I'm gonna say Bengals. I hope you're right. It would be so much more fun, but I think it's gonna be the Rams. Uh, and he also said, "Will Wardlow cost MJF versus CM Punk?" No, I don't think that's gonna necessarily happen yet. I think it's gonna continue this slow build. 
but I think eventually Wardlow's going to turn, and it's going to be a Dave Bautista turning on Triple H moment, and it's going to be epic and amazing. I mean, this is the, the two- to three-year build for AEW, and it's going to feel, feel earned and fun. Yeah, I mean, people are saying that, uh, you know, there's room for me in the Ramily after all my trash talk. I will never be a Rams fan. Just, the Ramily? Is that really a Yeah, why? it's so bad. I mean, the Rams have some of the worst, corniest hashtags slash slogans. Um, um, so, Felix, no. I, I, I have a, a question for you from Lewis. Thoughts on Leafs Rapid Manitoba? <laughs> what? I uh, have it up no. on the screen. No. It, it's no. very far more no. north in Manitoba. No. no. <laughs> There's an education center and a town office. No. No. Hold on. Let me let me pull it up. This can't be real. <laughs> it is. Leaf, Leaf Rapids. Rapids. You said Leafs Rapids. Oh, um, sorry. Leaf Rapids. Uh, maybe I misheard you. Uh, wow, this is freaking north. Yeah, this is... Uh, oh, the- there's a mine nearby. The Rutan. The Rutan mine. That's probably not how you pronounce it. <laughs> the Rutan mine. Let's see. There's a church. It just says church. No name of the church, just church. No way. That can't be real. It just says church. Wait, hold on. Where it is just it? says church. Where's the church? On it, it, It's on the right-hand side. There's a hospital. Is it by Susan's Art Cafe? Oh, no. It's a health center. There's town center. That's like... Oh, you've never played Age of Empires, but that's like the building you start with is the town center. Just like a generic name. Oh, there is... I found their gas station. The it's co-op two pumps. Lock? Two pumps. Two pumps. Hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, where is the church? I'm really bummed. I can't find it. It's like on the right. I'm like, look at if you look at our stream, you'll see it. Uh, well, I just see the gas station right now. It's just it's just church. Just says church. I can't find it. It's just but, church. Does my Google Maps hate me? Maybe. But yeah, oh, this, I see it. Oh, this it's is... all the way on the right. This yeah, is it just, says, it just says church. <laughs> <laughs> that can't be real. I'm going on. Oh, there's no street view. Wow. Damn. I'm no street view. Uh, okay, yes. Church. Coach Blood. This man. There's not this even is, a review. There's nothing. We know nothing the, about this. The church. last few episodes, we've just decided to go to random uh, Canadian cities that are in absolute nowhere. Well, what I what I really want to happen, what my goal is with this you know, segment is that one day we actually get someone who lives in these towns and like that listens to this and replies. That would be really funny. Like someone that after this says, Hey, I just was at that church on Sunday in Leaf Rapids, Manitoba. <laughs> I just can't get over the fact that it, it just says church. There's, is there there's, no street view here. There are no pictures. There's oh. no street view. Like, yeah, there is. We, oh, well, it's I'm, I'm inside the chamber of commerce. I'm in the town of Leaf Rapids. For all we know, this there there is no church there. I'm in the town. Oh, I made it in. <laughs> oh, I'm with you. Yeah, I've, inf- I've infiltrated the town, what, folks. What's with this arch? What is this architecture? What's it's with, probably like, the, just the green like beams and like the wooden wall. Like this is <laughs> this is kind of like scary. I'm like this. Yeah, I'm like kind of. I feel really uncomfortable Some, right something's now. Something's happened here. Yeah, like. It feels like it's like haunted. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I turn it off. Turn it off. I'm scared. <laughs> okay. I'm actually like kind of like uncomfortable right now. <laughs> back, back to Twitter qu- or Twitch questions. Uh, let me figure out where that that was at. Okay. Mitch, you said, should Corey Perry have his number retired? Yes. Yeah, that's going to happen. Yeah. Uh, 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 
Pushhead says, what do we want back from trading 67, 42, 47 to build for the future? Um, in my opinion, they should be trying to get back some picks and prospects and some almost NHL-ready players, and then they can flip those picks and prospects for Jacob Chikrin. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like, that gets you both assets to help your rebuild, and that gets you... It, it's essentially a sell and a buy, right? Because you're selling off your assets that are expiring and aging assets, and you're getting a younger guy that fills that same role. I mean, Jacob Chikrin is a better version of, of Hampus Lindholm. Better yeah. now, and is going to be better and in his prime, and is cheaper. Like... It, it's a no-brainer. If you can use your assets that you get for Lindholm to get Chikrin, it's a huge upgrade. So, Jake, uh, just so you know, tomorrow in Leaf Rapids, it will be partly cloudy, 70% humidity. <laughs> wow, that's and, really humid. And the high is minus 14 degrees Fahrenheit. Why? And the, the low is minus 28. Like, there's an actual, it says extreme cold warning in northern Manitoba right now. Uh, this is from Environment and Climate Change Canada, uh, as defined as a period of very cold wind chills. Uh, Mitch, you was saying he's Canadian and he wants to make it clear not all of Canada is like Leaf Rapids. I feel like we we kind of no. figured that out. This no, is yeah, a, we, we, we I we we're aware, we're aware, <laughs> but this is really funny. Like it's just <laughs> this it's is an, probably my favorite bit that we have. It's just insane to me. I'm still freaked out by the town center <laughs> or whatever that was. The like weird like. Ugh, they're like green. Yeah. Anyway, DB DB Lowry says, if Lindholm is traded, how would you all rate his tenure with the Ducks? Seems like one of the few gems of the 2012 draft. Yeah. Well, yeah. So this is the thing. People think that I hate Hampus Lindholm because I just look at, like, I just pull up his numbers from the season um, and he's been bad this year. But I mean, the totality of his career in Anaheim is still a positive one. Like he was still one of their best players for a long time. And, you know, I think that injuries kind of conspired against him and just the way the team trended. But yeah, I think you should definitely look back fondly at what he brought to the ducks all these years. Yeah. It 100%. I think he's been a good asset for the ducks. He's been a good hand. He's a been good a asset. Really? Is a he, good player? Is I don't he know. It was, just, it was just instantly. That what man came has out. a family. <laughs> he's been a good player. He's done charitable work. <laughs> yes. Does he get his number retired? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what more does he have to do? He finished 14th in Norris voting one year. I think that you've really just, uh, yeah. Anyway, you need to treat players with more respect. Uh, all right. Dalton Keys asks, what is the Kessler contract worth if we trade him to like Vegas or Tampa? It's We've worth over close this. to nothing. Yeah. I mean, here's the deal with that contract. And this is kind of the point I've tried to make is that, if someone's acquiring that contract, they essentially have to move the equivalent money out to be mm -hmm. able to get use out of that. So there's really not a huge difference, which if that's the case, what's the benefit of adding him, right? You're still move, you're moving that money out and taking that cap it on. It doesn't really do anything. Mm -hmm. um, so that's really my issue there. I think there's a little bit more complexity to it that I'd like to maybe dive into at some point, but I don't foresee that ever getting traded. I think that contract's just going to expire and that's kind of it. Um, I also want to <laughs> say one thing. Okay. Leaf Rapids is known as the hidden treasure of Northern Manitoba. This Wait. is according to travelmanitoba.com. How is this a hidden treasure? It's three streets. <laughs> Look, I know oh, that that's why it's hidden. Well, it's definitely hidden. Like, it's, <laughs> that part of it. We know for sure. Um, but is it, is it a treasure though? Is the question. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's this entire like big, red square is leaf so, wrapping i think that we need to start trying to get uh like travel manitoba 
travel Saskatchewan to sponsor the pod. Like this is the most publicity Leaf Rapids has gotten probably ever, right? Maybe. Come on. I don't know. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Coach Blood wants to know how long is this bit gonna go. I think, I mean, as long as, like, I at this point in time, I feel like Lewis is always going to ask us about a random city. Yeah. So this bit's going to continue for a we while. We don't want to force it if people don't think it's funny anymore, but I'm actually just, like, flummoxed right now. Yeah. Fort Fox. Oh, there's a place called Fox Mine, Manitoba? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's okay. a lot. I'm always shocked, like, with these northern cities, just how many lakes there are. Like, there's a lot of water. Yeah. So there it is. Uh, Lockdown late night asks, which division do you think is more competitive this season between the Atlantic and the central? Hmm. Um, I feel like the Atlantic is kind of set in stone a little bit like at the top. So I'm going to go with the central. Agree or disagree. Uh, I'd agree with, uh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, are we talking like in the playoffs or in the regular season? I mean, the the top of the Atlantic is still a bloodbath because all those teams are really good and they're just gunning for each other. Um, so, I mean, they're both really competitive. Yep. Sure. Don't have um, an opinion. Uh, weak. Uh, weak. Wait. Uh, Matthew asked us about Wood, uh, Wood Buffalo, Alberta. Wood Buffalo? Wood Buffalo, Alberta. They, that can't be real. Wood Buffalo, Alberta, Canada. Oh, it's definitely real. It's a big area. Holy. Wait, is this like Oh, a... wait. This oh, like this a... is... Yeah, this is like an area. We already went over Fort McMurray. No, we haven't. Yeah, we went over Fort McMurray last time. No, we haven't. Yeah, because we, we talked about Tar we Island. Brought, we just brought it up, but we didn't actually, like, visit it. Yeah, we did, because we talked about Tar Island. We definitely did. No, we we 100% didn't, but... Okay. But go off. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> go off, King. Dawson City, I guess? We're just having people... Why, do, why are people clamoring for Dawson City? What? Where is Dawson City? Oh, it's in. Oh God, it's in <laughs> U, It's in the Yukon Territory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God, this is like disgustingly north. Yeah. I mean, it's practically in Alaska. That's Alaska. It's basically it, the U.S. at that point. Or is Alaska basically <laughs> Canada? Canada? <laughs> or is it basically Russia? Yeah. Oh man, the. Oh, man. This is. This they have Street View though. Kind of cool. There's like these wooden buildings, the kind of log cabins really remind you of that kind of colonial era. Wow. Oh, there's a brewery in Dawson City. Interesting. I mean, you got to drink to stay warm. Brewing and Malting Co. Klondike beer. Huh. Negative 36 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, my God. <laughs> that just sounds painful. And it's probably dark. Major- yeah, negative 36 degrees. This There's a church called St. Andrew's Church. Um, it's uh, creatively on Church Street in Dawson City, and it it looks like it has not been renovated since it was built in 1901. It looks oh, like it, it looks like if I you, threw a rock at it, it would just fall apart. You can stay at Canada's best value hotel for 121 dollars a night. Yeah, no shit, it's your best value. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, how much does it cost a night? Like 20 bucks. Uh, all right. So I think to end off the show, we've said this for a while. But we're going to get uh, – I we forgot to do this last episode, or I forgot to. Oh, yes. But I, but I said uh, I was going to read from the Food Channel the last, like, take that was in there. So uh, the Food Channel on our Discord chat for 
Not not like the Food Channel on TV. <laughs> not the Food Network. Or no, it's Food Network, right? <laughs> yeah, it's Food Network. Sorry. Um, the last take is a uh, combined one between Kempafu and Louis X209 of peanut butter is bad. That's not true. That's Some peanut their... butters are bad. I think you got to go crunchy for sure. Yeah, peanut butter is delicious. They're wrong. I mean, this is par for the course that Louis just has awful opinions. <laughs> yeah. No, that, but he yeah. actually had a good one though before that, saying lime goes good with a lot of things. That's correct. I mean, that's kind of a vanilla take, though. It is, but hey, yeah, go Lou, off. Lou, you've had better ones. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, should we end this thing? I mean, if you're still listening, hmm. shit so, show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If if you're still listening, uh, tweet us, tweet us church. between his church or just any any kind of bit from the show um okay but so thank you for everybody who's made it this far and who's listened at all to today's show definitely a lot to talk about as you can see by the fact that we made it an hour and a half definitely talked about only ducks hockey for all 90 minutes of this definitely we definitely did no bits no tangents no ball talk (laughs) oh god um but if you en- if you enjoyed what you heard today and you want to support us, uh, here's a few easy ways that you can do that. The number one way is to check out our Patreon. Uh, so you go to patreon.com slash crash the pond and you can join a thriving community of Ducks fans by joining our Discord server, which is basically a group chat filled with diehard Ducks fans that are just trying to have a good time, discuss the team, discuss latest moves. As we talked about, there's different channels within the server, so you can talk about food. There's a general chat. There's wrestling talk. There's pop culture. There's everything, and everyone is super welcoming, and it's truly my favorite place to be on the internet. That's for $1 a month to join that. Um, Now, for $5 a month, you get access to the server still, but you also get access to two bonus episodes a month from us. And on those shows, we're a lot more, I would say, maybe candid, unfiltered, what have you. Loose. But we also... (laughs) There you go again. Um, <laughs> but we also discuss more league-wide topics as well. So we don't just stick to the Ducks, although we do give you plenty of Ducks content there. Um, so, for example, this past weekend, we recorded our mid-season awards, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, we had a good conversation about Zegris versus the other rookies. Um, so that's for $5 a month. Now, if you just want to support the show at an elevated level and you just truly love what we do here, you can pledge us $15 a month. All of it is appreciated, um, and we welcome everybody aboard. Now, you don't have to do that, though, to still support us. Uh, You can find us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. And if you do leave us a review, it really helps us out quite a bit, helps us climb those charts, helps us keep this thing going. We will read your review on the podcast. So we don't have any new reviews today, um, but keep them coming. They're really fun. The more bits that you can work in, the more inside jokes that you can work in there, um, Maybe throw in a random city for us to talk about. Yeah, <laughs> throw in a random city. That's the new thing. Um, I'm going to actually recant what I want people to... If, if you made it this far, throw in Leaf Rapids. I think that that's what you should put. Not church, put Leaf Rapids. Um, but you can also find us on Spotify if you're not on Apple. Uh, you can leave us a rating there. You can find us on YouTube, youtube.com slash crash the pond. You can see the video version of the show. You can see the charts um, that Jake posts about different player statistics as we're doing the show. And you can also see our, let's just say a little off topic, Google maps, uh, tangents. (laughs) You Uh, can see the actual map. You can see the actual map. So it'll make more sense. 
Um, and so if you if you're on there, make sure to subscribe and turn on the notifications so that you know when the show is going up. Um, make sure to check out our website, crashthepond.com. We've got some cool articles going up, and there's probably going to be a lot more on its way uh, if you consider the fact that the Ducks are probably going to have an, a new GM in the near future and with the trade deadline. So it's really exciting stuff. We've got a really fun staff, people that want to make it work. Um, that's at crashthepond.com. When you go to crashthepond.com, you can also check out our shop, crashthepond.com slash shop. You can get a hoodie or a t-shirt with our beautiful logo. You can get it in eggplant and jade, or you can get it in black and orange. Have your pick. Um, it's still kind of cold here in Southern California, even though not quite Leaf Rapids levels, but it's still cold. So I would I would recommend uh, picking up one of those hoodies. And I may or may not be working on a turtle committee shirt when I have the time to actually create it. Yes. Um, yeah. And if you already said the the tweet, DB Lowry, that's fine. Um, they, they all count. Now, you can also find us on Twitter. Uh, so we're at Crash the Pond. And uh, by the way, Crash the Pond Twitter account was featured on the Bally Sports West uh, podcast or yeah. uh, uh, broadcast. So. Broadcast. And then me and CJ were on their Instagram. Yeah. Why did I get frozen out of that? What's up? You with were that? on TNT. Get out of here. Yeah. But why, why don't I get to be with the crew? Bally Sports hates you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've only you know, slandered the broadcast uh, <laughs> like a million times on Twitter. So it makes sense. Um, but yeah, so check that out on Twitter. Um, Jake is on Twitter at reindeer games, 91, check out his recent article trade value. It's going to be pretty much, uh, evergreen until the trade deadline rolls around. So if you're curious what the ducks can get for their players that we've uh, spilled so much ink about, then definitely check out the article. I am on Twitter at Felix underscore Sicard. I have two articles that you should check out. So one, they're both at the fourth period.com. One is giving a letter grade to every ducks defenseman and goalie from the season so far. And then there's another one going up this week that is going to get into all the forwards. So check all that out. Uh, find us on Twitter, hit us up. You know, if you've made it this far tweet at or tweet leaf rapids at us and uh, we will get a good kick out of that. Thanks everybody for listening. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Hope you have a great start to the month of February. Um, and we will talk to you next week. Have a good one. Bye.